just imagine <laughs> in the middle of a restaurant, you know, not always in the corner table either. I'd be just standing up in the middle of the restaurant, everyone sitting down. That was, that was both comic and like just sort of, uh, well, depressing or it just embarrassed me like crazy. Welcome to the Health Heroes Podcast, where we hear stories, some would consider miracles, of people healing themselves of unsolvable health conditions. Prepare to be inspired and left in awe as people describe how they actually went through their own journey. Health Heroes is sponsored by Remedy, a chronic pain relief app that takes a new, integrative approach when nothing else seems to work. You can find Remedy on both app stores by searching Remedy Chronic Pain. Maybe tell me uh, where your pain journey started. What was the onset? I know that you started to get some back pain, but maybe let's dive into what that was like for you and that experience. Um, Well, for the, the longest time, I didn't pay that much attention to it because it would hold, it would, uh, uh, I'd be held up in bed for a couple of days and then I would be okay. And I just sort of accepted it as sort of part of my life. Yeah. At the beginning, because in my, sorry, in, in my head, there, there are two, two very distinct phases of this whole pain journey. There's one, like I said, intermittent. And then there were, there are a couple of years where it was very intense and, and crippling. So Everything I've mentioned up to this point has been in the in the less intense phase. Right. So going to the kind of crippling phase, what was that transition like? You know, you'd been kind of managing this thing for a while, maybe mm-hmm. seven, eight years, if I'm getting that right. Yeah. Uh, and then it started to get worse and, and more consistent. That's yeah. Um, so, well, I remember I helped a friend move uh, her furniture from one apartment to another. And, um, and then I re- then the, the next day I realized, oh no, I've got these heavy legs again. And I was sort of joking about it at the time saying, oh, well, this is something that happens. But, uh, this time was, <clears throat> it was <clears throat> particularly strong the pain came back very strong and it was more in, in the buttocks. I think it started on the left side. It's going back a few years now, so I could be wrong there, but, um, yeah. And it, it, as I said, I could, it, felt very heavy. I could barely walk. I could walk. And so I was, I just kind of laughed it off. I said, well, this is me. Sometimes it happens and, um, it'll be gone in a day or two, but it didn't, it didn't go. It just sort of stuck around. And and the things I used to do, like for example, rest, or I think at that point I may have taken sort of a, an over the counter painkiller once in a while. And I did do that, and it, but nothing that I normally would do to get over it worked. And even the, the, the yoga that I had recently picked up didn't help either. I can imagine you're maybe getting a little bit worried at this point that you kind of seriously hurt yourself moving the furniture. What was going through your head? Yeah, it was exactly that. I, I only thought of the physical, and I thought... Okay, well, I didn't feel anything during that move, and I didn't re- feel anything the very next day, but I think it was two days or maybe three days after that I started to feel the pain. So I, I was really just thinking, well, how does the body work anyway? You know, why did I not feel it right at the beginning? Why did I have absolutely no indication 
of anything being wrong because I picked up these boxes and I thought, well, I can handle this. It's a bit of a strain, but it's no big deal. And then I have this massive pain. So I was just sort of, you know, rolling around with these thoughts in, in my head and uh, I was kind of lost. Yeah. Yeah. Did you seek at this point some consultation or talk to anybody or, or do any kind of searching on the internet? What was your kind of course of action? Yeah. Um, at that point, I don't even think I had the internet yet. <laughs> but, um, probably lucky for me, because you never know when you start searching around and you're not sure what to look for, you can get anything. So um, yeah, I went to a doctor, a standard uh, you know, family doctor, an MD. And um, yeah, he, he decided to, to run some tests. Uh, I believe, yeah, he gave me an x-ray and then an MRI. Uh, after the x-ray, he, he said that I had some, no, he wasn't sure. Yeah, he wasn't sure. He said, okay, I'm not sure what this is telling me. We're going to need some, uh, an MRI. I need a closer look. So he gave me some painkillers and I took them sort of religiously because I said, well, is this the kind of drug that you have to take regularly? You can't skip one or else it'll be less effective. And he said, yeah, you got to take them exactly how I've uh, told you to take them. So I, I believe it was three times a day and I was sort of, I would sort of time them thinking, okay, I can take it every four hours or whatever. Okay. It's three, it's been three hours now. I can start, I I can feel the pain coming back. Oh, I can't wait for another hour. Oh, I mean, I I can't wait to to be able to take another painkiller. And uh, I just kept going through that. And um, I think I was on them for a few weeks and uh, I realized that I, they weren't helping me anymore. They, they seemed that they helped me at the beginning. And then that sort of heavy feeling would come back and then the spasms would come back. And I, I just started to, to just sort of lose hope. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And then when the, the results from the MRI came back, I'll never forget that. Um, he called me. He was a, he was a good guy and it was a, a a doctor that I respected, but uh, during that phone call, he called me and said, is this Paul? I said, yeah. The results came back from your MRI. <clears throat> you have herniated discs and degenerative and degenerative disc disease. And I was like, oh my God, degenerative disc disease. That sounds terrible. And I said, well, is there anything I can do to at least slow the progression down of this? He said, there's nothing you can do, you know. And I thought, well, that's the that was probably the first time in my life I thought, well, okay, the health that I had known before, that's over. You know, and yeah, uh, did you explain what degenerative disc disease was? Like, what, what did that kind of explanation or diagnosis? What did he say? What were the what caused that? Um, right. I know he said he couldn't he couldn't do much about it, but what would your life look like after that? Was there any kind of discussion there yeah well he um he he said that yeah there's nothing i can do about it that it'll probably just get worse and worse and uh and that it's just it's due to lifestyle and some people have have it and others don't and there was sort of a you know a blame blaming sort of tone in his voice at the time so i i you know i picked up on that and i just felt guilty oh how how did I do this to myself? And um, so from that point on, I, I thought, well, okay, what I have to do 
is manage this somehow because I'm obviously not going to not going to improve it. So just manage whatever I have, whatever pain I have now, I just have to manage it. And he, he didn't really have uh, much to say. He said, well, for the moment we won't uh, think about surgery, um, but it could be, it could be an option in the future. Right. Yeah. Well, you can imagine that's, that's pretty scary. You, you started to hint at losing your youth is maybe a theme here. What did that mean? What did that feel like? Yeah. Well, I, I'd always been someone who, who had felt very little restriction sort of in general. I'd always felt, oh, the sky's the limit. It was quite a, an optimist. And that was just the first dose of uh, quote-unquote reality. And um, yeah, it just, it, it just depressed me. And I, and I think after that point, I just sort of, my the image that I held of myself just, just deteriorated very quickly. Right. Yeah. And I started to think of myself uh, as special in a negative way and someone who, who needed help from others, someone who had to be considered differently than others. Wow. Yeah. And, and you mentioned that the yoga you know, stopped having any effectiveness. Was there anything that was working at the time or kind of it was all dismal and downhill from there? Well, I, I would have sort of, I would have little hopeful periods, you know, peaks that would last a, a few days. Um, and that came from many different types of uh, treatments. So I remember just having a massage once, thinking, I know that that worked, that helped me a lot. And then maybe three or four hours later, the pain coming in very strongly, much stronger than it had been before the massage. Uh, I had acupuncture. And there I had a very uh, sort of <clears throat> dramatic experience. The first time he did it, he, the, uh, the, the, well, the specialist, he, he looked at me and said, well, move around, try and move around as much as you possibly can. And I remember thinking, well, uh, I can't just do that just like that right away. And he said, do it, do it, man. You're, you're free now. Your, your, <clears throat> your muscular tensions are free and you can move. And I said, okay, I'll try. And I, I moved and I moved a lot more than I had moved uh, b before that, you know, for, for months before that. And I thought, okay, well, this is, this is the road out for me. And, uh, and so I went back another time, I think a week or so later, hoping for the same effect because it had, the pain had slowly come back in, you know, uh, <clears throat> through the course of the, the following week. And um, <clears throat> so that time I, I went back in thinking, okay, I'm just going to sort of top myself up with this newfound uh, freedom through the acupuncture. And it worked less that second time you know I, I felt slightly better but not at all like I had the first time and then the third time I went back I it didn't help at all and I can imagine you know as you're going through this process your hope is probably declining as you try more and more things and nothing seems to have any lasting effect yeah um yeah my hope was was declining yeah I uh uh, but I did, I did, didn't give up hope completely. 
And I think that's what eventually healed me, actually, because I, I, I tried everything. I tried uh, um, sort of energy healers. I tried a priest because he was, he was really, it, it was a really good experience with him, actually. So he would do these sort of prayer sessions with me. And yeah, I had been raised as a Christian, but I wasn't really a practicing one. But I thought, okay, well, it's got to stay open. So he, he helped me. Sometimes he'd, uh, he'd sort of do a, a, a bit of a massage, sort of heat up his hands and put his hands on me and say a prayer. And again, once in a while, I would feel sort of relieved and I would move a little bit better after that. Even one point, he got me in, in the congregation of his church and there were probably 20 people not directly laying their hands on me, but if they weren't laying their hands on me, there was somebody else touching someone who was, you know? Mm. And, uh, <clears throat> and they were praying, saying, you know, God hope, uh, help this man to be, uh, to be able to do sports again someday. And I'm thinking, well, this is, I don't know who they're talking about because it's over <laughs> for me, you know? And uh, so anyway, I, I kept trying things, and every, many things gave me at least a little boost of hope. And, uh, and I think that's, that's what helped me to eventually find um, what did help me. You know, even probably the, the strangest thing was doing specific type of exercise at a gym with a guy who I, I trusted. And I still, I think he knows his stuff uh, in the physical realm. Um, but he was doing things like hanging me upside down for certain for certain points during the day, uh, doing lots of back strengthening exercises and things like that. Again, light relief for a while and then just no change really. So it was basically the sitting down was the, the main cause of, of uh, stress and fear and, and also restriction in my life. Because if just imagine not being able to sit for more than 10 minutes at a time, you know, your life sort of evaporates. Right. I can imagine that altered things quite a bit in terms of yeah. how you work and, you know, going out to dinner, who you interact with. Oh, yeah. I couldn't go out to dinner. I would, I would go out. I tried it a couple of times and I'd stand up in the restaurant. Just imagine <laughs> in the middle of a restaurant, you know, not always in the corner table either. I'd be just standing up in the middle of the restaurant, everyone sitting down. That was, that was both comic and like just sort of, uh, well, depressing. or It just embarrassed me like crazy. Yeah. I can imagine. Mm. So you've hinted at, at finding something that has worked. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that and the transition to that and, and what that was. Yeah. Well, it, it was interesting. And I would say it, it sort of came in, in three parts. Um, I had consulted a homeopath about the back at one point. And, um, and she, uh, she said, well, there could be something to do with, with anger. And I said, because I had opened myself up to any kind of treatment. So I was looking now a little bit into the psychological realm. And she said, yeah, something about anger. But I, I didn't think that was applicable to me because I was kind of, you know, even though I was kind of depressed, I was always putting on a brave face. And I, and I just thought, well, no, that's not me. And um, so anyway, I, I didn't continue with her treatments. I just sort of kept it in the back of my head. And then, and then one day I managed to make it to a bookshop. I, as I said, I was in Tokyo at the time and there was an English bookshop. And, uh, and I remember seeing this little book that I had seen before, maybe a year before. And I looked at the book and it said something about 
tension myositis syndrome. And I said, oh God, and, and back pain. And I said, oh God, well, this is going to tell me that I've got some other, some syndrome. So I don't want to read this, but I picked it up anyway. And I looked at it and from the first page, it was like, oh, <laughs> this could actually help me. And that was Dr. Dr. Sarno's healing back pain. And what was different about that first page versus kind of this incredible journey that you've been through, um, seeing so many different types of modalities? Do you mm -hmm. remember? Yeah, it was, it, it was that he seemed to be speaking to me, you know, because I think he was so precise in his description in the first few pages. It's been a while since I've, since I've read those first few pages, but he sp speaks about character, personality, and also about some specific symptoms. And, uh, and I thought, well, this guy seems to know exactly what I'm going through. And he seems to be familiar with people like me. And he mentions that there's a, there's a hope, you know? So whereas in the past I'd thought, okay, if I have, if I'm lucky and I, and I'm really disciplined, I can manage this pain and live in not a bad way. And Dr. John Sarno was mentioning in the first pages, you might be able to live even better than you had before or like a normal person. And I thought, well, my God, this is the best news I've heard in years. And uh, so it's worth a read. And so I read it and I read it again and I read it again and again and again. And what about his personality descriptions resonated with you? Um, or, or maybe just describe kind of what you started connecting to and, and what knowledge gave you more hope in that situation? Right. Um, well, he spoke about uh, people who like to please other people. Nice, nice people. You know, people pleasers. And I put myself in that category. Um, also, he spoke about perfectionism and he gave a couple examples. Um, and I thought, well, yeah, if I'm a perfectionist and a people pleaser, well, that's going to create some sort of tension somewhere because you want to please people, but you want everything to be as you want it, you know? So I, I just thought, well, there's, a, there's something that can cause some tension somewhere. And um, so that, that was really what I sort of connected to. And um, when he, he spoke about uh, symptoms, I, I, I think he was talking about the spasms and, um, and again, the sort of heaviness he mentioned as well, and different parts of the back. He, he didn't mention a specific part of the back, but as my, yeah, one thing he did mention is that the pain may move, may sort of change locations even slightly from time to time. And I thought, ah, yeah, that's me. It, was this your aha moment or was there, you know, you mentioned reading it multiple times. Mm -hmm. When did you start to think or even start to see some relief in your physical pain? I'd imagine someone seeing this for the first time, you know, connecting your personality mm -hmm. to physical pain. That's, that's quite a leap. Yeah. <laughs> when did you start to, to feel the effects of that? Right. Um, well, I think the effects... I felt the effects more in terms of morale and, uh, and just sort of mental aspects at the beginning. Um, and, and again, hope. And that, that was really what came in right away was, was hope. 
And, and I felt that because I started very methodically to take away the things that I thought were, were helping my back pain. So for example, I had a little cushion uh, that I always would lie down on. So as I said, I was either walking slowly or lying down. So I, I was reading this book, Lying Down. And um, so I had a, a pillow between my knees because I thought, well, that will help my, my spine to stay straight. Uh, I don't know, help, help me to have a, a better posture. And so I, after reading the first few chapters, I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take uh, this, this away. Because thinking, you know, you have to sort of attack the low the low lying fruit at the beginning, low hanging fruit at the beginning. So I, I did that, and I felt the next day I didn't have more pain. I didn't have less, but I didn't have more. But I had one less thing that I needed to do, you know, to live. Yep. And so, and that's where it all started. And so for me, it was more that sort of moving methodically towards uh, a full range of movement and to living a normal life. And the pain became inconsequential for me. Um, I kind of, I I really sort of stayed with the thought that as long as the pain is, doesn't get so bad that I have to take backward steps in terms of my progression, I don't care about this pain anymore. And, but then after, you know, after probably a couple of weeks, I had many of my physical abilities back, not all of them at all, but I had enough that I could sort of, I could sort of uh, disguise myself as a normal person. You know, I could, uh, I think it was after a couple of weeks that I could sit in a movie theater, watch a movie. I remember watching a movie with uh, Salma Hayek. I think it was the Frida Kahlo story. And uh, yeah, that was the, that was my sort of first, uh, first, day pass into freedom into a normal life and um like i said the the pain was not something that i thought too much about and uh but then after a while it just wasn't there anymore it was almost like uh because i didn't care about it i can't tell you exactly at what point it it wasn't there but it just it went away how did you go from you know, walking with a cane to not caring about it or, you know, even using this pillow. Mm -hmm. How do you ditch the fear that, you know, maybe even putting that cane down might make you worse or getting rid of the pillow might make you worse or sitting down at the movie theater might do irreparable damage to your back? Yeah. I think it was sort of, uh, I've got nothing to lose, you know. Because I thought, okay, I can, I can either protect my back and, and live this sort of, well, what I considered at the time sort of a half-life. Um, it, it's not, of course, but that's sort of how I considered it. Um, I can either live like that or I can, I can risk uh, doing these things and, and, and try to get a you know, better quality of life. And I thought, you know, at that point, it's worth the risk. Because I did have those those thoughts of uh, just sort of ending everything. I thought, well, I'm just there's nowhere, no place, uh, you know. It's only up from here, and so I just sort of said, that, that's it. I'm taking this risk. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I think most of us pain sufferers can relate to that aspect, mm-hmm. and just the kind of running commentary of losing your individual freedom. 
yeah. um, really being restricted in the things that you love doing mm -hmm. and the kind of frustration that, that builds around not being able to live the life that you want to live. W would you say that was the root of your pain or was it a combination of things? Right. Well, yeah, that it was a combination of things, but I think that was a really important aspect. Yeah, this restriction and not being 100% convinced that I really should be restricting myself. Right. Um, and then after that, there were just some sort of uh, feelings, emotions that I just wasn't uh, admitting or just wasn't even letting into my, to my mind, like not even at all, <laughs> just far, far, far from my conscious mind. So, um, yeah, just delving, I would sort of, I would look at, I remember looking um, the first time, looking into my emotions, thinking, okay, I'll write some titles and subtitles and look at different elements and, and then just sort of, uh, sort of logically look at what I could be feeling. And I remember starting that way and then just something just sort of cut loose and I just, let it roll, just let it flow. And, uh, you know, just lots of curse words came up and just like, just nasty, dirty things that I never would say to anybody just mm. came, just came pouring out. And, and it was during one of these sessions that I realized that I had, I had uh, sat down for a long time, you know, longer than I had even, that I had planned to, cause I've been so immersed in this, this exercise. Wow. Yeah. And your back wasn't bothering you. I hadn't been thinking of the back at that point. I, th I had thought about it at the beginning thinking, okay, take note of the pain level right now. Where is it at? Okay. And I got to check back in in another 15 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Cause this is, had been after I sat for more, I think I had already, was already up for two, like 25 minutes or something like that. And, um, yeah, so I remember thinking, okay, be very methodical about this. Be careful. But once I got into the writing, it, it, I just lost all track of time, and well, and the and track lost track of the pain as well. Yeah, yeah. Mind yeah. you, once I got up from that session, oh, the pain came back. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I just I remember thinking, feeling like I had uh, you know two hundred pound weights on each leg, and but just thinking, I've you know I've won back some more freedom. I don't care. <laughs> Just keep yeah. going, keep going. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I imagine this is like quite, this is transforming you internally at the same time, mm. you know, just seeing your own freedom emerge and, and your own power kind of come back to you. Um, that's, you know, affected your life moving forward. I want to get into some of the work that you've been doing as well. Mm -hmm. um, how, how has that kind of changed your mindset about life and about this physical pain and, and kind of your, your next steps and your purpose. Right. Well, it, like I said, it, it liberated me. And, and uh, of course I, I started to think about, well, where, where are the endpoints to, to human uh, potential? You know, I thought, wow, well, if I can get through this and other people can get through this, what else can we do? You know, this is incredible. And so I, I sort of started opening up my, my objectives a little more than I had been. And um, so I, 
I just felt very powerful. So I, I thought, okay, if there's something I really want to do, I can do it. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, it, it, it centered a little bit around travel at the beginning because I hadn't been able to do that freely. So I, I did some, some traveling. I decided I wanted to live in, a, in an eco-village because I had been inside so, so much during the pain period. Uh, I had lost touch with, with nature, and I had always been a real nature lover. Like I said, uh, I'm half Norwegian, and, and that's you know, definitely a national trait to, to be in love with the forest and the mountains. And um, so that's, uh, yeah, I, I just I got back in touch with nature, climbed a few mountains. I wanted to get a really good view of Mount Fuji. I, um, like I said, I, I moved to an eco-village, Oroville, for a while. I did some work there, lifting very heavy things, working in construction, pu- pushing my body like a lot every day. Um, just sort of saying, I've got this body right now. I'm going to use it to its fullest. And I've, I've got this life right now. What else do I want to do? And um, yeah, so I, I didn't really think too much about helping others at the very beginning. And and the reason is, is kind of interesting because right after I, I, managed, I, I managed to heal myself, when I realized, okay, I've got no pain anymore and I, I'm back to normal, I was totally overjoyed and I thought, well, I need to share all this information. And it came like a slap to the face when like so few people wanted to hear about it. Well, it was, yeah, some people would, would just sort of look at me, look, sort of, look up and look down at the same time, sort of look at me from above thinking, yeah, okay, Paul. Yeah, sure. Okay. Just not believing what I had to say. Other people thinking, well, okay, you did that, but you must be special in some way. Um, Or just thinking, well, no, my specific condition doesn't lend itself to that kind of treatment. I know for sure I've got this or I've got this. I know for sure I need this or that. And I just said, well, it's, okay, maybe it's not for me to spread the word about this. So I'm going to put it on the shelf for a while. I did write a, a book about it because uh, I really wanted to, to get it all out. And I'm going to put it on the shelf for a while because no one seems to be interested. And then I remember like a few years ago, uh, seeing some work by Laura Mosley, who is a, a pain specialist, doc, a doctor, a PhD in Australia. And I remember thinking, seeing what his, his, uh, his, uh, his research had shown, sort of the, the basic, the basic um, findings that he had, thinking, well, man, this is, this is the stuff, this is what I use, and this is what I had in my brain, and this is what sort of what fed me through my, through my healing. And I thought, well, this guy is, a, is sort of an, an example of a, sort of a best practice, I think, in his field. I think so if he's talking about this now, so there's, there's some support, you know, and then I, I realized, okay, well, there's, there's him, but there are very few other people, but there's more and more and more people suffering from the same thing that I had, you know, years ago, back in, I've been, I've been pain-free since 2003. And when I say pain-free, I mean like once in a while I might have some pain, but uh, it, it's not debilitating. It's, it's very, it's nothing more than any, you know, people have pain. Life is pain as well, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's nothing I would have blinked an eye at before, before the whole pain episode. So, right. so I just wanted to be very honest about that. When I say pain-free, I, I'm, I mean sort of restriction-free and sort of 
pain and normal, I might want to say, you know? Yep. Yeah. So, um, so when I realized, okay, I'm one of these people who's made it through, people are suffering and I've got support, at least from a, some individuals in the scientific community. Well, okay, I've got to, I've got to get back into this and I've got to, I've got to help people again. And what's that journey been like? Um, I know you're starting a program to help other people who are currently suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, how are you thinking about this differently from the first time when you tried to explain to somebody what your story was and they weren't interested? How do you get through to new folks? Yeah, well, it's um, basically, well, up until this point, up until this point, since my decision to help other people, I've just sort of been working on word of mouth, you know, people, because I've had some very good effects with, uh, with people and not just with the back. Um, this is any kind of chronic pain, actually. But I realized, okay, because I know that, that these kind of techniques and these, this kind of mindset can work with several types of chronic pain, as long as the person has, a, uh, has been diagnosed, you know, this kind of thing should not replace medical treatment. Definitely not. But for many, many different kind, kinds of chronic pain or chronic conditions, these conditions work. So because I've had some very dramatic effect, effects with um, uh, eczema, with, uh, with allergies, um, with chronic pain, with anxiety, with, with uh, uh, nervous breakdowns, with, with all kinds of things, just these conditions that grab hold of the person and, and sort of take over their lives. Now, so I've had this, these successes with these people, and it's just sort of word of mouth coming back. But when I decided to do the program, I said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it very specific because I want people to feel as I felt when I started to read Healing Back Pain. I want people to, to feel that I understand what they're going through, and I want them to feel that I'm speaking to them. So I've made it as specific as I can. So chronic, debilitating back pain. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's such valuable work. And, you know, I'm sure just hearing your story, I can relate to this. And I, I know many other people will. Do you ever get any pushback from anybody that you're not a medical doctor mm-hmm. or kind of any of the credentials that, that people are looking for? Yeah, right. Um, well, I, I always say right away, I'm not a medical doctor. So, so people don't, um, don't mention anything like that. And I say, I'm not here to diagnose your, your situation. And uh, I, what I do have in terms of credentials, I, I have uh, a master's, well, I have, I have my bachelor's in psychology, and then I have a master's in something related to uh, psychology. It's actually comfort and psychology in architecture, a very specific thing. Then I have a lot of uh, studies in, in yoga therapy and yoga. So I think people see me as sort of some sort of a yoga practitioner. Um, and so I think that, you know, people have said, because sometimes I, I don't really know what to do with my degrees and stuff, because I don't really like hanging them on the wall. But so I leave them in the corner and some people who come uh, they say, oh, well, your degrees, your certificates and degrees kind of reassured me a bit. So I haven't actually had any pushback, uh, negative 
on the negative side, but I do make it very clear that I'm not a doctor from the beginning. Right. Yeah. And, and there's another thing though, that, you know, I do mention to some people that, um, chronic back pain is not always uh, a medical condition. It's not, it's not always something that a doctor is trained to take care of, you know, because sometimes this kind of thing beyond the, the initial diagnosis, which I, I'll just repeat is very important because you just never know. There could be a tumor there. There could be something serious that needs looking at and, and immediate attention. So beyond that, sometimes, you know, doctors rarely have the hour or two that it takes to talk these people through this. Um, and they may not even, they may not even understand the, the workings of, of psychology, of the, the subconscious mind, of, of uh, certain elements that we really need to take a look at in order to, to release this, this tension. Yeah, I see it as a really powerful complementary work to, you know, even as, as your journey said, you went to the doctor and you got a certain set of care and, and that wasn't the entire picture. No. Um, and, and so you kind of providing a way for, for others to kind of fill that gap, I, I can see that as incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually really, in the end, when I decided to get back into this, I, I thought, well, if I had had somebody like me at the time, I definitely would have taken myself up on it because I was scared, you know, like you said, is jumping off a cliff. And it took, it took a lot of uh, just determination to, to do that. And if I had had someone saying, Paul, I've been there, I know you feel this and you're going to feel this tomorrow, most likely. And, you know, just to reassure the person, to guide them, I thought, well, okay, that's something I should really be doing. Yeah. And I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story because I think it's going to have that effect as well. Just kind of recording and and letting people know that you are this beacon of hope, um, both in your kind of direct day-to-day practice, but also in the many years that you went through this journey and kind of came out on the other end. Uh, through, you know, continuing to kind of push through and continuing to have hope and to re-engage into the life that you wanted to live. I mean, I think I'm, I personally can say that it's just incredibly inspiring to hear you kind of come back and, and start doing the things that you love and, and also giving back to others. Um, and so I, I know that's going to inspire other people listening to this. Great. That's the goal. Mm-hmm.